Welcome to the Double Agents Episode 4 Recap by Caffeine Confessionals. My name is Alan Aguirre. My co-host is Nikki Sims. Pretty soon you're going to see our faces if you're watching the YouTube version. I redid this intro real quick because our original one to two minute intro got mangled and I don't want to hurt you guys' ears. Thus, I am recording this. Right now, you are about to hear us talking about our holidays and then eventually about the challenge. This is an episode four recap, and we don't want you to think that we just immediately started talking about the holidays without introducing our podcast. Yet, I couldn't let that audio be heard because it would have just utterly attacked your ears, and that's not how we want to start a podcast. Again, this isn't how we want to start a podcast either, but it's the lesser of two evils. Hope you enjoy. Yeah. How's your new year been? It was good. Obviously, it was covid friendly so not friendly for covid to be there but you know now i didn't i didn't do like a party or any of that i'm i'm really excited to do the whole like start your new year's eve off the way you want your like whole year to go so it was like really calm and i went to bed at like a normal time <laughs> it was weird not to be out and party I'm not gonna lie yeah i'm not the but party I, type of person for new year's because i don't really usually consider it a holiday personally i don't know why i just don't However, for that and Christmas, even though we didn't go out anywhere, we still cooked at home like it was a full holiday, and we had a nice honey ham. We had some nice, you know, sides, mashed potatoes, uh, mac and cheese. My cousin uh, was doing drop-offs, and she made some of the best cookies ever, and we ate them all in one day because, you know, we had the mindset of, like, well, tomorrow they will not be as good, so we must then eat them all right now what kind of cookies were they they were a mix she made one that had uh chocolate chip and marshmallows uh, another that was like uh marshmallows and raisins she did like the pretzel sticks with the dip in them raisins it was actually really good they were super soft and super thin they were they were great it was really good it was so good uh they did the pretzel dipped in the the yogurt the yogurt dipped pretzels with the sugar uh and then she also made these like Thick little greenish cookies. I don't know how she did them, but they were super good because they were packed with butter and were just oh. creamy and delicious. And ooh, they were so good. And now I think we might need to talk about the challenge because that's what people come here for. <laughs> the challenge was not eating all the cookies. So and we got to get to the cookie crumbs of this episode. <laughs> so how did you like the one week break? Um, I. I sort of forgot the show existed because of the one week break. Not going to lie. But I think that's all it was. I think it was a good thing that they did that because then the holidays, because they were already not feeling like holidays felt more like that. Exactly. You know, I it thought felt that more, too. It felt more like a holiday. I think it was, I think it was a necessary break. It's crazy to say that like, yeah, three weeks we need a break, but because of the way that the preseason was, it really felt like a bunch thrown at you at once. And it was healthy. If they did more of these breaks, I think it would be good for the show. Yeah. And I I think it would, like, further the plots that are are within it, within the season, more so. Instead of just, like, every week Josh is crying or, you know, I need a break from Josh crying. Which he does again this week. The episode opened up with uh, Devin and Tori's partnership, where they consistently tell us throughout the episode that they hate each other, and they hate each other so much, and it's so much, it's almost like two, like, actors in a high school play who don't really care about drama, and they're, like, you know, making fun of stuff with each other, and then, like, the camera pans in on them, like, oh, wait, we hate each other, we hate each other, yeah, yeah, we hate each other. I, I really, I don't think they actually do. I think it's so put on for the camera. It feels like a bad, like, CW comedy where it's like, oh, <laughs> I guess I guess we're partners now on the fours. Yeah, but we don't like each other. <laughs> like, it's just, it's so weird because they have these moments where you could see them actually being friends. And then yeah. they just, like, go back to, like, pretending that they hate each other. And I don't think they're each other's favorite person in the world, but again, it feels very much put on for TV time. Yeah. I think, I in my head, I think that they've hooked up at one point, too. Ooh. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't Start, think I'm so. I'm starting that rumor. 
I'm I'm not I I will get in on like the head cannon of so many challengers hooking up, but I can't I can't stamp that one. I just don't, I can't I don't see it. Nope, I don't see it. I see like maybe like a drunk Tory thinking he's attractive. Maybe I don't know. That's Moving the only way on. women could find him attractive. So. Moving on, uh, Big T. We get a backstory of her where she reveals that, um, you know, her mom was sick when she was young, had problems at home. Her yeah. mom's sister adopts her and is like, do you want to relocate to England? And she's like, yeah, because she doesn't want Big T around just to see her mother die, essentially. Uh, yeah. And Big T is like, yeah, at the end of the day, all this stuff happened, but you have to remain positive. And to me, I grew up with that, like, I was raised by my uncle. I wasn't raised by my mom or my dad. And because of that, it was something I related to hugely. Like, I, I've always liked Big T, but I don't think I've ever loved Big T as much as other people do. And this scene, like, just made me a Big T fan for life. Yeah, it was such, like, a real moment. I I was a little, at the beginning, when they were like, so, like, where does Big T come from? Like, what's the story of Big T? I was like, oh, they're going to talk about her name. And then she started to tell this 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 tale of her life, and I was like, "This is this is beautiful." And because yeah. you don't you don't get stories like that often uh, from from people on on these sorts of shows. So I, I, agree. I think it was really good. It, last season they had something similar with Fessy, where he talked about being in America as a Muslim after nine eleven. That was kind of similar, except you know Fessy's actions this season have like kind of put that in a more cloudier space, whereas with Big T, she just keeps killing it every week. Like, this was yeah. another banger episode for her. Because in this episode, she wears this little, like, it looks like a blouse slash kimono type thing, and it looks so comfortable. She, it, I wanted this, like, silk robe look. Yeah, it looks good. Oh. And then she's also, like, the voice of reason in this episode. It's almost like she's live-tweeting the show. <laughs> while living on the show because there's the moment where you know Devin just rudely goes after Amber for no reason she's like Devin what the hell are you doing in this moment and then yeah. later in the episode Tori other Miss Artificiality she is out here you know like <laughs> calling Amber M weak and she's calling these other girls weak saying that she wants to go in against a weak girl and Big T's like why are you calling these females weak why are you undervaluing them why are you undersizing them yeah i'm not sure if undersizing was the right word but i was with you all the way big t and it was true because last season tori literally did go into an elimination where she thought she had a free win and, and lost did. and so why are you like, calling these why are you calling these girls weak big t's right she got you pegged and what what frustrated me about that was that everyone thought when tori and jenny went against each other in world of the worlds too that that Jenny was going to take it in the exactly. whole world. Remember, everybody was like, oh, like, Tori doesn't stand a shot. Tori was like, oh, shouldn't underestimate me. So so why is she doing that now? What, what's, what's the point in bashing other women to make, like, you look stronger? You can do that without doing that. Like, without putting other women down. I find it very strange because, you know, Tori, especially on social media, tries to be, like, pro-women, yet all of her actions do not display that so far this season. Yeah, oh, I don't care that I, I hurt Liv. It's it's really tone deaf. It's it's not it's not a good look for her. I don't like this new character she's trying to like play up. It's not a good character. I mean, what's interesting is that before the season, when gauging interest on social media, Devin and Tori were two people that fans weren't that excited to see. Yet here we are, in this episode specifically at least. They are steering the wheel for almost yeah. the entirety of the episode. And last episode was Majority Devin. You barely see anyone else this episode. Like I, for, like, I saw CT for, like, a hot second, and I was like, oh, yeah. He's there. What's, what's so crazy... Oh, there goes this like What's so crazy Ooh. about all of this is the fact that Devin and Tori, two people that... I mean, nobody is that excited to see together are controlling a majority of this episode. Yeah, I think most would say this was a good episode. It's crazy, right? <laughs> yeah. Because, like, 
because you we all know how I feel about Devin. Tori, I'm like sometimes back and forth with because I I often am like, okay, she's like, you know, she's a good competitor. She's she's great for like this sort of television. But again, the like the the like down downy women constantly just to like build herself up. And like if you want to go in against somebody weak, don't don't start listing off people you think that are weak. Just be like, listen, I want an easy gold skull, so whoever you guys think I can go up against, throw them in. She's just asking for egg to be on her face. <laughs> yeah. She's like, well, you know, Jordan's not here to look bad. I may as well do it for the both of us. <sighs> Next is the big T uh, opening up. And, well, we talked about that, right? But after she opens up is the fact that Amber M gets targeted by Devin for being fake because he thinks that she's trying to manipulate the men into targeting him. When in reality, most people in this house already do not dislike, do not like Devin. Amber yeah, M is she's just living in her she's living in her own realm, and it's one of those funny things where Devin says it, and everyone is like, "Who's Amber M?" Yeah, it's sort of like when Josh was like, "Wes and I had this long-standing rivalry," and it's like, "No, no, you don't." <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> Did I did I miss that? And it's like I my my like small petty theory is that like Devin's jealous that Amber M's not showing him any sort of like romantic attention. Cause I, I've she heard through the, through the through the challenge grapevine that she's like hooking up with Michi on like on the show and they haven't shown it. Yeah, any that's of. it's a or it's it's a rumored fact that they hook up this season. <laughs> And it's not being shown. And Amber M is known for being a flirt. Hilariously, yeah. it's not a good look for Devin. Uh, where Vendettas, he goes after Natalie Negrati and Amber M. You know, the two pansexual, bisexual, sexually fluid women on the show who are also small in size. And anyone who likes to claim bullying, you know, I think it's sometimes like, I don't I don't think most people bully Natalie Negrati. I think they just have conversations with her. But when yeah. you go for two women like this, it's not a good look. No, it's it, things are adding up that we don't want to. Maybe he's just jealous that what, he knows Amber could get more girls than he could. Oh, easily. I, it's I one hook of those up with things. Amber before Devin. <laughs> I'd hook up with Amber and then turn Devin down and then go hook up with Amber again. I did feel good for her because she finally got screen time. Right? <laughs> like, I was like, okay, you know, we're, we're finally getting to see other people. And we get, and Gabby gets a little bit of screen time too? Forgot she was on there. It was a good overall showing for Amber because she just shut down Devin immediately and was like, yeah, yeah. I'm not falling for this shtick. I'm not creating anything that's here. Like, later, man. Yeah, Devin's like, get out of the room. Nobody wants you here. I'm like, why are you acting like an eight-year-old? I don't Devin, get it relax. at all. It Was there something sense. we didn't see? Was there, like, did she, like, make a comment that he didn't like? Or, because it just, it seemed like Big T was, like, sharing her story, and it was, like, really heartfelt, and they were all having this, like, great moment together. Kyle was also there. He barely said anything, though. Um, it seemed like they were all having this great moment together. And then Devin's like, okay, uh, Amber, I think everybody wants you to leave the room. No. All she was doing is, is exist. I will say that in these two episodes, uh, the last two especially, there's been a common theme of Amber eating in the kitchen. That's when we see her. So <laughs> that's something I can relate to as someone who likes to eat. I can stand that. She's just existing. She's she's not doing anything wrong. Yeah. Devin's just like, you know what? I hate Big Brother and Amber. And the way that Devin's coming off where he's like, oh, he's got this, like, she's a rookie and she's, like, just here to party. And she's, like, from a show that was only here to party. You're from the same show. <laughs> You're from the same show a few seasons before her. I Meaning you <laughs> made the choice to apply for this show before she did. He also talks about, like, how much he loves foamers, like beer, in his Twitter profile. Oh, you're only here to party. 
obviously you're not there to compete. Exactly. And it was just one of the weird feuds. And Nelson, like a good partner, goes up to Devin and is like, yo, what's going on? And Devin really rudely is all like, don't come at me, like all aggressive. like." And Nelson is like, this is literally my most muted tone possible. (laughs) What I really liked was the the head nod from the bathroom where Leo's listening and like brushing his teeth. He's like, (laughs) (laughs) it gave me very like Jemmy vibes. You know how, like, yeah, like, listen in on conversations and be like, with a wine glass? Yeah, those moments where you're listening and you're like, wait, we don't have Netflix here. This is the best thing I'm going to get all day. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Devin's not so rude, though. He's like, I'll talk to you when I'm ready. No, you won't. That's not how, that's not how confrontation works. Devin was like, I drank till 5 a.m. because I'm here to party and not to play the game. Yeah. And now it's uh and now it's 1 p.m. and I'm just not ready for this conversation. Like wake up, there's nothing else to do. Yeah, it was it was really rude, especially towards a friend like Nelson, who was just really respectful towards Devin in that situation, in my opinion, because he's like, You are my friend. I'm not gonna like be angry at you like I would in the past to most people. And yeah. Devin was just an a-hole. He's like Nelson was just inquiring as to what happened. He was trying to get the other side of the story. Yeah. To help it his was, partner. It was rude as hell, and we have to move on to the daily challenge. Talking about the daily challenge now, and yeah. in this challenge, players had a drone and a VR headset. One player would put on the VR headset, oh, so they were underground inside a lava. Really cool cave. Yeah, it, it was visually cool, but it was dark inside. So that's why they had the yeah. VR headset, because there was a uh, a night vision camera on the drone to which one player would fly the drone and the other person would be the eyes for them. And you would think this is a 50-50 type challenge. No, this the person with the VR headset was doing 80% of the work. And the person yes. who was flying, they just had to be a good listener. That's all you need to be. And I'll tell you what. They're all crap listeners. Wow. Or they wow. thought it would... And I forgot to mention, at the end, because they have to fly this drone over to a computer screen where there is a binary code, the person with the VR headset has to memorize that binary code. They then have to go to a wall where they match up that binary code with a with a key with a key set that will give them a four-number pin. And the team who does that in, like, the fastest time wins. They must also get the drone back from the computer screen over to the starting point. Really boring explanation, but that's how it goes. And there's also a 10-minute time limit. Yeah, there's a 10-minute time limit, I think. Maybe that's a lie. I don't know if that was true. But 10 minutes is the what they said they gave them. And almost all the teams failed. Yeah, like, just terrible communication. Flying a drone, it shouldn't be that difficult. You, What they should have done is taken at least two minutes to figure, to like gauge how to fly this drone. Drones will it just was, like hover. They, it just, you, they don't keep moving if you don't do anything to them. They'll just like kind of hover is what they do. And so it was just people like Lolo, like aggressively being like, go left, go left, go left. Why aren't you going left? It okay. was really big because again, I think people thought it was 50-50. Like, yeah, you'll fly it. I'll be the eyes. And the people flying had real no vision after, like, 10 feet. Okay. <laughs> and because of that, it is fully the person with the VR headset's job to give them every direction clearly. And, like, when I say every direction, I mean every small five-second direction. Because what yeah. was happening with a lot of these teams was they were letting their players go forward. And then once they saw an obstacle or, like, a cave that they're about to hit, like, oh, no, left, right, right. And it's like, yeah, imagine just- if you were driving and you only could someone's like oh shit car right there on the left you would be like oh my god what do i do like you'd just be veering everywhere the worst gps ever yeah it would only tell you things (laughs) at the last quarter second and if you didn't get it right it would get bad it was like flappy bird on crack it was like it was like temple run or something like that where you had to make those quick decisions but this is flying a drone and it's nothing similar at all it's way harder and that's why I got to give kudos to Devin because Devin understood this and was pretty clear, like, no, 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 wait, stop right here. 
go down a little bit, now go forward, yeah. now up, now down a little bit. And he guided Tori the entire way through it and was able to memorize the binary code, which I think is really hard because you're only yeah. working with ones and zeros. And that was a way bigger board of codes than I expected. They complete they the challenge the and they win. Team. They're the only team who finishes. And that's because of Devin. He yeah. was so good in this challenge. He used his big mouth really well here. He was clear with directions. And this is the type of stuff he's good at. This is, you know, if Devin was on the challenge back on like season four or season three, he'd be really good at it when the when the games were a little bit more funky. But yeah. once it got more physical, he, it just, you know, he doesn't really shine. But this is the stuff. If you saw the Are You the One Second Chances that we were making fun of last week, that's what he's good at. <laughs> Yeah, um, I also think that he's sort of um, like direction wise and like encouragement wise similar to Jordan. If if that makes any sense, I agree. So I think it was as much as like Tori claims to like hate Devin. I think that she sort of sees some sort of like resemblance in terms of uh, the way that he like communicates during challenges, and like will probably encourage her the same way as Jordan. So she finds some sort of like comfortability in that. I think that made them a really good team for this challenge. I think this had this been like last week's like headbanger, they would have sucked. They would have lost for sure. Agreed. It, also, good thing Wes wasn't here because I think Wes would have won this daily challenge. That's what I said when I was watching. <laughs> I was like, oh, I was like, okay, Wes must be at home like playing with his own like eight drones. He probably has. Like, <laughs> oh, I could have done this. <laughs> Because, like, if there's anything Wes is, like, really good at, especially in old age, it's giving direction. And just, like, visually seeing a challenge. Like, that's the stuff he kills these days. And now that, Giving direction you know... for rich tech products. <laughs> also, TJ had the best time laughing at everyone. Everyone came down so confident. They're like, I got this. And then TJ's just laughing at them. Like, Leroy's like, I don't want to play no more. I don't want to do this. TJ's <laughs> laughing at me. I loved it. Yeah, Le- Leroy is very much the like the kid. Like, I'm losing this game. I'm done with this game. I'm never Bullet playing again. And I got to note, Leroy's shirt in this episode was fantastic. It's. I remember it from last week. It's great. And you know what? I I don't want to like stereotype women as like dressing dressing their men because and saying men don't have a fashion sense. But I feel like Cam picked this one out, and it's a good look. One thousand percent. I mean, I've gotten it's one of those things, especially with Leroy, where you get used to a decade of him wearing Under Armour shirts that you see this and you're like, whoa, who's yeah. this guy who like, do you want a job in my Fortune 500 company, fella? Like, yeah, it's one of those get, type things like he's going to get hired by Wes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was yeah, it was huge. And then I just I love the people who failed immediately and they were just like. And I think the best was Big T in that her drone flew backwards. And, like, Just I don't know who had the VR headset next to them or the person behind, on the side of them. But, like, I wish because they didn't see the drone go behind them. <laughs> they probably heard it, though. And you could just see Big T's face, which is, like, smiling as this drone is behind them. And she's like, oh, man, we're screwed already. <laughs> I Honestly, I don't know why Big T wouldn't be the one, like, communicating like why wouldn't she have the vr headset on she would have been better at that maybe yeah i don't know but yeah as a whole his thumbs are probably too big agreed but yeah as a whole uh devin and tori get the win which is very shocking after last week and after especially knowing that they hate each other so much Uh, (laughs) and it makes for a word goes to and it makes for an interesting game because they have all these different sets of friends who they are protecting. Uh, Devin is protecting Kyle, CT, and Nam. Which is a weird alliance. <laughs> I think it's just, they're just all in the same room. I'm glad someone's looking out for Nam. I'm glad someone's looking out for my boy. Yeah, because I'll tell you what, it's probably not going to be Lolo for long. She She was so aggressive in this lifetime of this challenge then uh tori is looking out for essentially everyone because yeah that's you know tori and i don't think anyone in the game really cares about tori as much as she's trying to protect them i, I don't think she, 
Yeah, I, I don't think that Tori would care about these people if Devin wasn't her partner. I think no. she'd... I think because she just wants to be resistant towards Devin and doesn't want to have him, you know, run their team because it might put a bigger target on her. Which, I... I think she's approaching this, like, very incorrectly. I know that there's, like, one part where Devin and Tori are talking, and they're like, so who are the three people, like, you want to protect? And I think Tori says Leroy? I don't know that I've seen them interact. Yeah, she was, was like, oh, was who, like, who does Devin hate? Ah, uh, Leroy. Like, maybe I'll take a chance with the fact that he wouldn't gun for this person. Maybe he wouldn't gun for Nani, because most people like Nani. And it was a bad choice. In the end... It came down to essentially two teams for the house vote, which were, you know, Nelson and not, not the house vote, the double agent vote, which would be Nelson and Amber or Josh and Nani, because they got into a fight with Devin in the previous nights. Yes. And then for some reason, the house vote, Jay's name came up. Jay's name comes up because Josh thinks he's going to get voted into elimination because he got into his fight with Devin. And he is trying to instigate something with Jay where he's like, yeah, you're targeting us. You're not on our side. Because in reality, he wants to create a fight yep. that will rally a vote for his side to throw Jay and Teresa in. Because Josh thinks like, well, I weigh 60 pounds more than Jay. Thus, I can beat him in a physical elimination. Which is ironic because he had that option. I don't <laughs> I don't think Let he Rogan could. go for the school. Yeah. Also, during that altercation or, or the argument between um, between Jay and Josh, Jay was like, I'm not being aggressive. And was like yelling. And at one point he was like, oh, he's like, I'll stomp my foot in your mouth. I'll crush you. I'm like, I, that's being aggressive. Like, But I'm on, I'm on your side, dude. I'm on your side. Are you? In his defense, Josh was really coming at him. Through the he side of was. his mouth. It was... There was so stayed, much spit coming out of Josh's mouth. Yeah, Jay... Because <laughs> Jay literally did nothing. And he stayed seated. Yeah. So I guess he didn't get that aggressive. Because he never stood up. He never, like, you know... I, he he could have been more aggressive than that for sure. Uh, I, I, I would say he was more aggressive than Nelson. When he went to approach yeah. Devin. And... Like, yeah, it was weird, and it's just funny because every week Josh just gets dunked on. He he tries so hard to pick a fight with people every week, and like Nani's like stop because Nani's not going to want Josh to like want to see Jay in elimination because then it could be Nani versus Teresa again. Agreed, and, and we still have haven't to, gotten to see that. Yeah, you also have Casey who is just so annoyed. She's like, oh my god, why did I pick Fessy and Josh as my partners? She's like, I am wallpaper. I am not supposed to be noticed, and yet here I am as wallpaper with two fire alarms right next to each other, both going off at the same time, and now man everyone children. can see me. Big man children, the two of them. It's just like, she's just so frustrated. She's like, I gotta clean up your mess here and there. She's like, Constantly. literally, Jay is with me. We are talking game right now about keeping yeah. us all safe, and you're going after him. The house vote happens, and there are 12 votes for Jay, not, not for Jay, Teresa, for Nelson and Amber. And yeah. it's funny because it was clearly Casey rallying votes to make sure that Jay didn't go in to yeah. not lose that ally. Yeah, and I think Teresa is also... A pretty solid ally to have with like their side of things because she's not really she's not really aligned with anyone nope i think big t was also part of this move i think big t likes jay and yeah. gabby strayed her vote from leo to you know to save uh jay and vote in nelson and amber which is crucial um yeah. there were some people who threw burn votes like Darrell and fessy through and kyle Fessy and Kyle threw their votes to each other with Darrell during his vote too. Fessy, I believe, as a burn vote. And yeah, it was, I think, a 12-8-2-1 vote. Fessy has just been, uh, like, 
I don't know who should get the award for biggest man child this episode, like Josh or Fessy. Because Fessy, Messy Fessy, that's that's his new name. I'd also like to know he was flirting up with Tori. I see yeah. him hiding that. So yeah, Fessy, flirty Fessy, messy flirty <laughs> Fessy. Uh, he was, yeah, he was in the hot tub with Tori. And even though Tori was engaged, you could tell that if she was not engaged, they'd be going at it right there. Just the tension between them. And I don't think that Fessy is that like, I don't, I don't think he even has that much of an interest in her. He just has a type that is blonde women, similar to Tony back in the day where it's just like, oh, this is a blonde woman. I am thus physically enthralled by this and I must mate with it. No, to self, don't. If I meet Fessy, dye my hair black. What's hilarious is that later in the episode, uh, he's flirting with Gabby in the ice bar that they have. And it's the the funniest thing ever because in her confessional, Gabby quite literally has this look (laughs) on her face like, I am emotionally not interested in this dude whatsoever. He is so lame. His personality is just not vibing with me at all and then you could see like there's a part of her too where it's like but he's six foot five with big muscles and there's nothing else to do in this house yeah i guess they probably don't have any board games or anything to do there so may as well hook up with fuzzy (laughs) i'll have a bitter taste in my mouth saying that i didn't like it (laughs) i mean she is obviously physically attracted to him but is not that into him whereas i think tori is just a lot more all in on fessy because for whatever reason yeah i i can't really gauge tori's type it's impossible to find at this point it's it's so all over the place yeah i'm like good for her but you know good for her flirting it up now that she's no longer engaged and she was the one of the double agents this week so Good for her, yeah. She's got TV time. Yes. Something I want to mention real quick that I forgot to earlier is that Liv got removed from the game due to her injury, and it felt annoying because it was a little bit swept under the rug. Yeah. Also, why wouldn't it be on last week, too? Well, they did have the scene in the episode where Amber and Big T give her a hug in the house, and I don't know why they didn't just have her, like, cut a confessional like she's been told to leave and yeah that's her leaving moment with them giving her a hug as they say goodbye and edit it that way whereas tj just really anticlimatically doing it and michi gets a new partner now and i feel bad yeah. for michi because i don't know I just, I just want good things for him because whatever he's on my tv he's a good energy he's a good vibe yeah i felt bad because it was just kind of like Okay, did you guys notice that Liv wasn't here? And they're like, yeah, where is she? Well, she medically can't compete, so Michi, you're a rogue agent. Uh, you're not competing in this, this. Oh, okay. Thanks for the which, heads up. Which should have been a dead giveaway that the next elimination was a, was a male elimination. Yeah, use, use your big brains, everyone. Tori is saying that she's going to put in Amber M because she wants to get her gold skull. And then they go to the elimination. They see it is a hall brawl. Oh, I was just screaming. I was like, hall brawl, hall brawl, hall brawl. I was so excited. Fessy walks up to Tori and he tells her, vote me in if it's a male elimination. And that's shady as hell since Nelson is one of his best friends. But let's know, um, like, Tori did say, she's like, yeah, but it's Nelson going in. Fessy was like, don't care. Like, I want it. Then you add in a little bit of flavor that Josh the whole day thinks he's going into elimination, talks like, this is my time to get a win. I'm finally not going to be 0-3. And I'm finally going to, I'm going to go in there and I'm going to do stuff. Which <laughs> no, I just want to say, I'm, I'm going to mention something later. But yeah, it was, it was just one of those moments where he screwed over two friends in one moment by, you know, giving Tori this little hint. When they go to announce their decision, uh, TJ will not reveal to them whether it is a male or female elimination day. That's, which I, th- I I thought that was totally fair. 
I I, I thought it was 50-50. I thought, like, well, what's the point of being the double agent then? Because <laughs> I feel like you should get that power for winning the daily challenge. I feel like that's, like, a basic requirement, in my opinion. I don't know. Personally, that's how I viewed it. I think if they were going to tell them, they should tell them uh, when they get the, like, information, the classified information. I agree. That, be like, that's these, are, these are the agents, uh, these are the compromised agents, and then, you know, to Males Week or Females Week. I agree. That's how it should be. Um, yeah. And here's the thing. If Tori really hated Devin, she would still vote them into eliminate, vote themselves yeah. into elimination because Devin is getting sent to the moon by Nelson and Hulk Raw. And then you get a new partner. <laughs> you get a new partner regardless, whether it be Nelson, who physically is strong and you can make up for his mental side of the game and just be that type of partner. Or you get Michi, who you could make a song with. Either or, if you hate Devin this much, then yeah. you make that play. It just, it just shows how like fake their hatred is for each other. But it's Devin's just, like, don't do it. It's stupid. Yeah, it was a fair play by her because, I mean, you don't do that to another human being, I think, just as like a moral thing that early in the game. Maybe if you yeah. do it later in the game, I could understand it. But again, it is a bit dickish to do it that early in the game. Yeah, and, but it's like Tori's MO. <laughs> her, she yeah, wants yeah. to be a villain. I don't know. There, there, there is certain lines that you don't want to like, you know, break. And I guess I respect that she didn't break that one. She chooses Fessy and Anissa because Fessy told her to. And even worst case scenario, Anissa will get her gold skull probably because Anissa thrives in physical competitions. And and Amber would also pew. But unfortunately, when, yes. <laughs> when Tori chooses them, she's like, you know, I want to do my friends a solid. Uh, you know, they want this. It was like. If you hadn't have said that. It was just so dirty and just, I feel bad for Nelson in so many ways because the guy is the type of friend who will literally throw himself into the final elimination for another friend. Yeah. And then here is someone who he perceives to be, you know, obviously he's not brothers with him like he is with Corey, but is his second ally in this game. He's his number two yeah. guy. Is his brother, not his brother, but like, you know, really close. And he's going in against you this early in the game, this early. Like it's not like there's like one yeah. slow left in the game. This is it's I think this it early, was, and it's like the challenge elimination. It's just so effed up on so many levels. Where you know Ashley Mitchell, she stole half a million dollars from Hunter after having all this beef and da 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 da. da. To me, that's like stealing money from a bank, from a government, from a big institution. That could recover from it. Fessy yeah. going after his friend like this, that's like stealing like fifty dollars out of your like your friend's mom's wallet and you know they're like financially struggling. Because oh. you just want to like buy something. You want to buy like a, like like something cool. And it's just it's awful. Not, I hate not cool, Fessy. It's just it's just so I to me it's one of the scummiest moments in challenge history. Because yeah, it's this is so like dirty unnecessary. 30. Oh god, it's just because you have, like, I'm someone who's like, you should play the game hard. Like, don't be afraid to get your hands dirty. But to someone who's, like, that good of, like, like that loyal of an ally that early in the game, yeah, I don't know what you're trying to prove. And, and Tori was really, like, putting, putting hoes before bros there. 1,000%. Like, isn't, isn't she friends with Corey? Why would she yeah. want to do that to like Corey's boy? It's like one oh, of those like she where, she just saw dick in her know. eyes and was like all dickmatized by Fessy and was like, I gotta help him get his gold skull, but it's it's for Anissa, I swear. You're not stupid. You know it was a men's elimination. It was a real mess. It was just oh man. And then the elimination itself. Good lord, Nelson. Nelson had, held his own. Guy with one of the most impressive elimination records all time. This loss was maybe his most impressive moment in challenge history. Because yeah. Fessy is 6'5", 245 pounds. Huge. And runs a 4'7", 40-yard dash time. He is easily the fastest guy in the house. 
by a country mile. And Nelson, as strong as he is, is about 5'8", 180, and works out a lot. That He used to be a strip club manager. That, that, that's his thing. Fessy was a college football player who should have been in the NFL. He, there shouldn't have been a competition at all. He should have gotten steamrolled. Yeah. Instead, that first round, they meet in the middle. Uh, Fessy, I want to say, gets about 60% of the way down the hall. Nelson gets as low as he can. Which was and so smart. I was like, so, I because I was screaming at the screen. I was like, get low, get low, get low, go low. Because yeah. had, had he just stood up, he would it would have been winded. Ribs cracked for sure. It was just, it, he gets so low. And for, I think, a decent duration, his feet are almost like prone, almost like he's at like the bottom of like a military push-up. But his feet are still, like his toes are still planted, pushing forward, even though his body is almost fully yeah. in the ground. And Fessy, he has 50 to 60 pounds on this guy, is faster than him, is more athletic than him. Yet Nelson keeps pushing forward. And then, Fessy, and then Fessy starts playing dirty. He literally rips Nelson's mask off his helmet yeah. and has his dirty hands inside Nelson's helmet for a decent duration of this elimination is like, I, I mean, I'm someone who like to myself, like when he put his hands through his helmet and you could see all the dirt on his hands, I was saying to myself, like Nelson, you better bite this dude because you that, don't, you can't I like bite his leg, bite something. If someone could put your hands in your eyes, you should be allowed to bite them, bro. Like to yeah. me, that's like, I'm like, dude, hit this guy in the ball or something. I don't care because like what this man is doing, like, that shouldn't be allowed. That just shouldn't be like it, it, if that's allowed, then everything should be allowed. Fassi almost could have blinded him. It was. I mean, I don't know about. Yeah, maybe not. I wouldn't say maybe go to blind, but like just really injure his eyes. Scratch yeah, him, please. It was just. It was annoying as hell. It was just something where even TJ said after the first round, like, "Hey, Fessy, no more dirty play." And maybe he was close. Of them had asked. Maybe he was close to a DQ. And in the end, they finally release each other. Before that, though, even then, Fessy kept grabbing Nelson's helmet and banging it across the wall, banging his body across the wall, and Nelson just stays in the ground, keeps pushing forward. Yeah. They He's release. fighting for it. They go for the bells. Fessy is just faster than Nelson. He's way faster than Nelson. And Nelson's an athletic guy, but Fessy's a top-level athlete. And... Just that one made me so sad because, like, this is the first season I like Nelson. <laughs> it's a it's a photo finish. Uh, Fessy barely gets it. They go for round two, and <laughs> Nelson's body is really broken down. Yeah, I Fessy, can only imagine. Fessy gets, I want to say, 80% of the way down the hallway. When they meet the second round, he's just coming full speed at him. Yeah, Nelson like CT train. Nelson tries to get low. Uh, he holds his ankle for as long as possible. And it's one of those moments where the crowd itself is so on Nelson's side because they're like, how is he still in this? Like, how has he not just been rolled over? Because yeah. we've seen people like Big Easy ring Wes's head with the bell. We've seen, you know, Leroy. Like, a lot of these are Wes getting murdered. We've seen, you know, <laughs> we've seen these like undersized guys get murdered in Hall Brawl so many times. And. Nelson, that's 50 pounds, bro. Yeah. And it's crazy, man. And Fessy gets the win in pretty dominant fashion the second round. But the whole crowd itself is like, Fessy, that wasn't even that impressive because you got 50 plus pounds on this guy. Nelson, you are you are a champion, like in our eyes. Because for, I don't for know anyone lasted that not long. watching and listening, I'm rolling my eyes. Probably actually so loudly that you can you can hear me. It was, it was one of the most incredible elimination losses ever. And it's hilarious wow. because it's two seasons in a row where Nelson loses in Hall Brawl and everyone is like, wow, Nelson is so awesome. <laughs> yeah, this, you know what? This, this episode is officially dedicated to Nelson. 1000%. Yeah. Agent 00 Nelly T, Scuba <laughs> Nelly T. Scuba Nelly <laughs> It was just remarkable, especially considering everything that, you know, just getting blindsided like that. 
being a good partner towards Amber, sticking up for her in the voting ceremony, being like, you guys are underrating her. It was just a remarkable episode for him. I will want to say, Tori in the crowd, being the only person cheering out loud for Fessy, only one audibly saying, go Fessy, go Fessy, was real tone deaf. Yeah. Uh, You know, maybe get your glasses and read the room. Because you weren't. And also, I'd like to know, before Fessy, like, went in, before Devin was like, okay, I vote for Fessy, Josh was like, no, put me in. It's like, Fessy, man, give me this. And I think it would have been more entertaining to watch two guys closer to each other's size between Nelson and Josh go against each other. Yeah, Josh is still a lot bigger than Nelson, but Nelson, considering what we just watched, Nelson would have turned Josh into mashed potatoes. Yeah. Just flat out. And it yeah. would have been... Very entertaining oh, for me. It would have been another bad loss. Like, oh, man, you lost to a guy 30 pounds less than you because he doesn't have the muscle that Rogan does. And, I mean, he's a big guy, but doesn't have the density. that. Yeah. You know. And Nelson, oh, man, he he was just so impressive this episode. And it's... He was. It's going to create my article, like, 10 best elimination losses ever. I'm going to write that now because of this episode. Nelson's best eliminations. (laughs) Maybe. I don't know. It was... This elimination really, I think, carried the whole episode. It did. Because the challenge, the daily challenge didn't really... It wasn't, like, enthralling for me. It was... Watching watching 10 people crash wasn't great. Watching other people not do well in, a, like, a VR situation, it's not fun. Have you ever watched your, like, other friends play VR and you can't see what's happening? <laughs> not fun. I want to see it what's was, happening. Yeah. Well, it, it, it is was, funny watching their bodies move around, but it saved the episode. Yeah, not that the episode was, like, bad beforehand, but this episode was, like, a solid B minus C plus. And then it got just raised by that A++ elimination to which, yeah. like, I've never been this heated after a challenge episode in a while. Like, I, like I'm like i heated, like, legitimately, because, like, oh, my God, dude, like, what a petty move and what an yeah. impressive showing by Nelson in a loss, man. And, oh, God, I haven't been this upset in a while. And that means the show is good. That means the show is good if yeah. I care this much. This this particular elimination was like eight of Nam's abs out of eight. Yeah, I uh, yeah. I yeah, I give it I give it eight and a half Nam abs out of eight. Oh, or like ten Nelson nicknames out of ten. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how many he has, but. And after the elimination, Fessy chooses to pick Casey as a new partner, just as so a dumb. I, I mean, is he an actual caveman? <laughs> I just think it's a it's an okay move because it's an upgrade over Anissa because Casey is a stronger player than Anissa. But she's in his alliance. Yeah, but with numbers, it's not. And you could see that Casey was very upset. Like, dude, how many of your messes am I going to have to clean up? I got you. I got Josh crying in the corner. There's the there's the old quote from, from the from the Gauntlet Three where it's Big E dying in the final, and I forgot who says that. Maybe it's CT or Brad. It's like this guy's dying, she's crying, <laughs> and that's how like spread rumors about Big E's dying again. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> I, tell you what, I don't want that smoke. I'm in BC, but I don't want that smoke. <laughs> nope. To which. Uh, his decision then prompts Leroy to pick a new partner. He sees Anissa and Amber M. And this is like picking between a Lunchable and pre-packed lunch meat, in my opinion. For like and a charcuterie board and a Lunchable? Yeah. You're, <laughs> he's just looking at these like, Anissa's solid. That's all right. I'm, I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with the lunch meat. And Michi Michi's gets Amber M, and even Michi is like, "Well, we're gonna look good. But we're yeah. not gonna win anything." I don't think we're winning any challenges. 
who can hook up the best? Well, <laughs> Tori's like, uh, hold my beer. <laughs> I mean, imagine if Michi and Amber and were like, hey, guys, so we know we're not the strongest thing in the house, but for your entertainment, we'll be like a live OnlyFans type situation yeah. where you can just watch us. Maybe that's we'll where be... Nam got the inspiration. Ooh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's our episode. And yeah. these new teams are very lukewarm compared to other new team picks where we have like Kevin Casey. McAllister. <laughs> yeah. It's been a good episode. I rate this episode uh, six Nam abs out of eight. Yeah, I'm going to go with a six, 6.5 Nam's abs out of eight. Um, I'm very excited. Some little preview for next week. Oh, I, I'm ready to almost shit my pants watching other people on heights. Yeah, this it's going to be a bit similar to the trust fall challenge um, from the duel two, where they held their hands over the cliffs. And I think famously DM was like, "Don't drop me! Don't drop me! Don't drop me! Don't drop me! Don't drop me!" And then his her partner just like. I'm tired of this girl yelling at me and just drops her. (laughs) Poor Big T is like... (laughs) CT, show us your game face, Big T. (laughs) I I would just look like one of the fucking ice climbers from Super Smash Bros. I'd be like, oh! (laughs) It's crazy. Like, you're Canadian. You're fine with cold. Not heights. (laughs) It's just so surreal because, you know, we're four episodes into the season. And the stars so far are Big T, Devin, Fessy, and Tori. And that's just like, what? It started with Cam. Yeah, and she's fallen in the background. That's what I'll say has been missing this last episode was that I, I know Wes kind of made the first few episodes annoying and that he was kind of a scapegoat for everything and he was feeling himself too much like usual. But he does give the episode a bit of star power when he's there. Yeah. That's what CT should have said, I don't know, anything <laughs> to maybe get a confessional. CT is hibernating. He fought with Josh last episode and is still disappointed at himself for getting into that. I know. <laughs> <laughs> At least he didn't make any, like, old CT choices. That's true. That's true. Or could have made the episode better by making some old CT choices. Yep. All right, everyone. If you like this episode, subscribe to us on Spotify, Apple, iTunes, YouTube. Uh, find Nikki on Twitter, at the Nikki Sin, and on her website, at TheNikkiSin.com, and Instagram, at the Nikki Sin. Find me on Twitter at the Al Nagiri, on Reddit at RIP Grantland, and on Medium at the Thank you. Heck yeah.